what in part sparked uh, the the need for a CPSI or indeed the weight panel or was the fact that, and I'm quoting here from the uh, the U.S. report, which basically said there's the equivalent of a 747 a day dying due to avoidable patient adverse events. And so the challenges were huge, remain significant. Um, but I guess that was the driving force, is the recognition that we had to do better. Canadian Patient Safety Institute presents Patient, a nonfiction medical podcast about the people trying to fix healthcare from the inside out. I'm your host, Jordan Blumen. For the three or so years that we've been making patient, we've started just about every episode the same way. Canadian Patient Safety Institute presents Patient. On August 25th, it was announced that at their respective board meetings, both the Canadian Patient Safety Institute, the organization behind this show, and the Canadian Foundation for Healthcare Improvement had voted to pursue amalgamation. On October 1st, two of Canada's largest quality and patient safety organizations legally amalgamated into something new. It's always good when you get to the end of something big to look back and reflect on what it is you've done. In the 17 years since its inception, CPSI has helped change the face of patient safety in Canada. They've changed how the medical system thinks about its relationship with patients. They've changed how we report incidents of patient harm. They've changed how we approach patient safety on a national level. This being, uh, I suppose by definition, the last Canadian Patient Safety Institute presents patient, we thought it would be a good time to reflect on the history of the group that brought you this show, the sea change that they helped usher in patient safety, and the future of this really interesting field. Like anything, we're going to start at the beginning. Here's Dr. John Wade, CPSI's first board chair and CEO, and Wendy Nicklin, former board chair. About 2001, uh, the Royal College got very concerned and uh, Bernie Langer, who was the chief of surgery at the University of Toronto, but then president of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, called and he said, we've got to do something. The Americans have come out with, to err is human. They were showing that 48, 98,000 people a year died from adverse events in the U.S. Uh, and we thought it might be similar in Canada. So we formed the National Steering Committee uh, which I chaired. And we got together and said, what are we going to do about patient safety for Canada? What kind of map do we need to create? How can Canada move ahead in this important issue that, that we're now paying attention to? Um, so we developed a paper called Building a Safer System, which was published, I believe, in 2002. The steering committee published the Building a Safer System report, which recommended, amongst other things, the creation of CPSI. Bill Full, former CEO of Healthcare Can Explains. Uh, it had 19 recommendations, and by my count, 16 of the 19 recommendations have been fully implemented. And the other three or four are well on their way. And of course, the first recommendation in the, recommend, in the report was to create the Canadian Patient Safety Institute, which was announced in December of 2003. 
Well, Canada has what David Naylor calls this chronic condition. It's called NIH syndrome, and that doesn't stand for National Institutes of Health. It stands for Not Invented Here Syndrome. This idea that we were, were the sum of our parts, not the greater than the sum of our parts. So CPSI was born out of this recognition that we needed to learn from one another. We owed it to patients in Canada, across Canada, to not repeat the same lessons at their expense. One of the first major milestones in CPSI's history came in 2004 with the publishing of the Canadian Adverse Events Study. Uh, the document revealed some pretty startling realities of healthcare in Canada. Dr. Ross Baker, professor at the University of Toronto, explains. I think the important thing about CPSI is it came into an environment where there had really been very little knowledge and very little experience of patient safety. And then with Peter Norton and a group of other colleagues, uh, we published the Canadian Adverse Events Study in 2004. And all of a sudden, people discovered that one in 13 patients in Canadian hospitals was unintentionally harmed as a result of a patient safety event. As Ronald Guse, uh, chair of the board of directors at CPSI, and Sandy Cosi, CPSI's senior director of strategic partnerships and priorities, explained, the document was not necessarily received in the spirit in which it was published. You know, the, the number of people harmed on an annual basis, the number of fatalities on an annual basis, is just devastating. When we released that information, we thought that the media would jump all over it, and not necessarily CPSI for maybe not doing our job, but the healthcare providers, the healthcare system. We thought that, you know, there was going to be this tsunami of, of, of controversy, and, and how could we say such things, and how could you report such statistics? It was quiet. It was too quiet. You know, when we released numbers around unintended healthcare harm being the third leading cause of death in Canada, people didn't pay attention. They still didn't pay attention. These are, there's people's lives behind every one of those numbers. When we say every 13 minutes and 14 seconds, somebody in a Canadian hospital or receiving home care services um, dies as a result of unintended healthcare harm, those are people. Those are people. CPSI needed to give a voice to those people. If they wanted the media and the healthcare system to take notice, they needed those patients to have an autonomy that was unignorable. Their answer? Patients for patient safety. Patient advocates Marianne Murray and Linda Hughes explained. We're a group of about 70 volunteers, most of whom have experienced harm in the healthcare system. A small group of us formed way back in 2006 after experiencing harm. Um, thinking that we needed to do something to try and improve patient safety in Canada. So we, as part of that program, helped build tools for patients in public to know how to communicate effectively during their medical care, how to understand what's happening to them. And some of those tools are used nationally now, some are used internationally, and I think it's a clear example of how important it is to include the patient perspective and those patient stakeholders in every area of the healthcare system. Centering patients didn't just give those patients a voice. It also exposed providers to a perspective they maybe assumed that they understood, but in reality didn't fully grasp. Catherine Galton, CEO of Healthcare Insurance Reciprocal of Canada, and Phil Hassan, former CPSI CEO, explain. One of the biggest movements, I think, is actually having patients 
be part of our team, we would have thought, of course they are part of our team, and yet they were not. Uh, we always felt we were doing the best thing for them as opposed to the best thing with them. Clearly, we have to understand these things from the patient's perspective. Uh, patient safety is about the patient. And suddenly uh, gave permission to staff to understand that they could engage the, staff, the patients. They could engage the patients into this kind of effort. And wh when they did, uh, they found out that they learned a lot. Right in the middle of that relationship between patient and provider is this question of disclosure. When harm in the healthcare industry occurs, how do you handle the discussion that follows? Can you formalize it in some way instructed by research to make it more beneficial to both and to prevent further harm? When we look at the timeline and the achievements of CPSI, the work done on this subject, the subject of disclosures, is pretty important. Christina Caruse, CEO, BC Patient and Quality Council, and Glenn McRae, Executive Director for Interior Health, Quality, Patient Safety, explain. I would say two of the most pivotal moments that uh, Canadian Patient Safety Institute has had in this country has been the publication of national guidelines for disclosure and uh, the National Safer Healthcare Now campaign. So disclosure is really about providing an accurate understanding to patients, to families, to caregivers when harm occurs in their care. When I started teaching disclosure, you know, 15 years ago, formally as a patient safety manager, our conversation was around convincing people that they should disclose and why they ought to and all the reasons why they should. Uh, we, we don't have to have that conversation anymore. We're not convincing people to do it. We're convincing people that there's a way to do it well and, and to share some advice and experience. So that's a, a huge change from trying to protect a story to ensuring the patient or family gets that most accurate understanding of the care they received. So those guidelines really outlined what the aims are of an effective conversation, but also how do you do it? And how do we ensure uh, that people really know what happened in their care and get that apology? Uh, and then also how do we then advance care so that it doesn't happen again? And, and those guidelines really form the foundation for policies, for approaches across this entire country and sort of level set so that we all could ensure that Canadians have that experience when harm occurs. The laundry list of major milestones and projects undertaken by CPSI could reasonably fill this episode. Could fill a feature-length documentary, which it did, which is where we're getting a lot of our audio for this episode. It's called Building a Safer System, and you can find it on CPSI's YouTube page. There's Safer Healthcare Now, a series of interventions for frontline healthcare workers. There's CPSI's national strategy. But I think that our time might be better spent looking at maybe the big picture stuff, the cultural shifts that CPSI helped spark, that changed how we talk about patient safety, how we tell stories about it, how patients interact with healthcare, and how providers interact with patients. We're going to talk about that impact in culture after this break. Silence can be confusing. During your virtual medical appointment, silence could indicate to your health provider that you have nothing to even if what you really want to say is, and, oh, and always speak up, whether you are online or on a phone call. Conquer silence for your health. This message brought to you by the Canadian Patient Safety Institute. 
conquersilence.ca. The most significant accomplishment for CPSI, from my perspective, is actually spending time and energy on listening to the voices of the patients, or as I call it, the customers. So it's the patients for patient safety, it's the healthcare workers delivering patient safety, it's the public who demand patient safety. So when we put customers or patients or families, healthcare workers in the center of everything we do, that really speaks to what patient safety is all about. And uh, CPSI has done that beautifully. The issue, I think, was listening to people who we are serving. So the cultural change is actually awareness, wanting to listen, and shifting from this is all about me, uh, happens to be a doctor doing something, to you as a patient for whom I am doing something, for I'm offering something that's relevant to you, that's respectful of you, and is appropriate for whatever your medical need is. That's the, that's the cultural change. That was Donna Murnahan, Dean of Nursing at Thompson Rivers University, and Dr. Doug Cochran, former board chair CPSI. This all brings us to storytelling. When we look at CPSI's impact, it's the narratives, the lived experiences of patients who experienced harm in healthcare that played such a significant role. Probably because they remind us that on the far side of all those startling and important statistics, there are real people. Those people's stories represent a powerful tool for advocacy and change. CPSI CEO Chris Power, Senior Director of Strategic Communications Cecilia Bloxham, and Dr. Ward Flemons, Medical Director, Health Quality Council, told me about those stories. The kind of stories that we've tried to tell on this show. The kind of stories that CPSI has been telling for years. I think probably one of the biggest things I've learned is the power of story to just listen to what individuals have to say to you. When we listen to patients who've been involved in harm, unintended harm from the healthcare system, when we listen to providers, those who are providing care, who have unintentionally harmed people, it is so powerful and we learn so much and it really helps guide us to what we need to do to improve patient safety. To be able to spend time with people who have lost a loved one due to harm in healthcare or they themselves have been harmed, it immediately reminds you why we do the work that we do. And to be able to be exposed to the vulnerability, the courage and the hope that each of those uh, members of Patients for Patient Safety Canada shared with me will be something that I'll take with me for the rest of my career. Patient stories are actually the fundamental the groundwork that you have to be able to tell them even when they're challenging, even when they're tragic, you have to be able to talk about them. You know, when they tell their story to politicians, when they tell their story to people who are working in, in health departments across this country, it touches their heart. It's not just, you know, something they're reading or it's not just data or information. This is real. So it's so, so powerful and it's become such a major part of what we do at CPSI. An important part of the work done at CPSI any discussion of storytelling always raises the question of audience. CPSI has a lot of built-in audiences. There's healthcare providers, policymakers, but a big shift came in expanding the scope of that audience. 
Chris Power explains. So I would say one of the most significant contributions, and you know, there's so many that have happened, but one of the ones that really sticks out for me is we had the privilege to develop a new strategic plan for CPSI. And we knew that what CPSI had been doing over the last number of years was amazing work, but it wasn't getting us far enough. It wasn't raising the bar on patient safety. So we took a bold new direction and we decided that we needed to continue to do some of the things we were doing, but also branch out and to do some different things. And so one of the things that we did is we branched out and we went public. Our work before had been primarily with care providers within the healthcare system, but we thought, you know what, we need to do more than that. So we reached out to patients, to the, we'd always worked with patients, but this time broader, to the public, to really awaken them to um, what this state of patient safety was in this country. We reached out to policymakers, to regulators, to politicians. So in a very different way, for me, that was a significant contribution and something that um, I think will set patient safety in really great stead as we move forward on our journey. There's a tricky issue at the heart of storytelling in patient safety, and it concerns data. You see, most data covers issues and instances of harm in the healthcare system. But as Dr. Glenn McRae and Virginia Flintoff, manager of central management team at CPSI, explained, safety is more than just the absence of harm. And generating data on the presence of safety presented some interesting challenges that CPSI had to overcome. So one of the things I'm most proud of is some of the current work we are doing with CPSI around the measurement and monitoring for safety framework. Um, as someone who's been working in the patient safety field for, for years, form, formally for the last 16, uh, we, we struggled to have this conversation about what patient safety was and what it wasn't. And we liken it always to the idea that uh, um, health is more than the absence of illness, so safety has to be more than the absence of harm. But the data we had easy access to was all harm data. And so what we were able to do by participating in the most recent MMSF work, Measurement and Monitoring for Safety Framework work with CPSI, is we were able to do two things. One is we redesigned the whole way we describe safety up to the board through our senior executive, using the dimensions in the MMSF, which is more than just past harm. Um, and we also then took that same model and had local teams using it in the operating room or even our, in our concerns management work. And the reason I'm proud of it is it allows us to start bringing the patient voice, the narrative, the storytelling that we've all been talking about for so long as being critically important to understanding quality. And it gives us a, almost a permission to stand and tell it. What measurement and monitoring of safety did, we introduced it at the bedside with a core team of frontline worker, middle manager like a head nurse, a physician, and a senior leader. And those four people would come, learn the, the concepts of measurement monitoring of safety and take it back. Once we told them and convinced them not to rush this, and they became familiar with how to implement the the conceptual model of measurement and monitoring, it changed the way the staff took responsibility. Which brings us to today and the organization's next steps. 
The amalgamation with um, the Canadian Foundation for Healthcare Improvement to me is absolutely the natural next step. We are two very small organizations. There have been three federal reports. All three of them said we shouldn't be standalone. Work is hugely important, but too small to really make an impact in the kind of way that we should. I know that with um, the, the combined strength of these two organizations and combined resources, we can be so much better, the impact can be so much greater than we can alone. We wanted to wrap up this last episode of Canadian Patient Safety Institute Presents Patient by looking forward to what comes after Canadian Patient Safety Institute. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, CPSI and the Canadian Foundation for Healthcare Improvement are going to be amalgamating what they will be called, their first order of business, all of this is up in the air. But what we know is that the patient, that the well-being of the patient, their safety is going to continue to be the foundation on which this national group's efforts will be built. I want to wrap up with a thank you to CPSI for empowering us to tell these stories across the three seasons of this show. And I think I want to give the last word uh, to former CEO Hugh McLeod, because I think he captured really beautifully how we should think about the impact that CPSI has had and the impact of what comes next. Our imprint, the CPSI imprint, is not a single imprint from a single board member, a CEO, or a single director. Our imprint is thousands of handprints on the patient safety landscape in Canada. I would hope in the future the combined organization will be a thousand fingerprints of the staff of CPSI, the staff of the existing organization, and whatever comes next. Thanks for listening.